Welcome to Life Center Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and our church, visit lifecenternyc.com. You know, it's it, we live in interesting times, and uh, our Savior was born in interesting times. You know, it was uh, not everybody was ready. <clears throat> um, not everybody perceived what was going on, but uh, some did. Some had their spiritual antenna tuned in to what the Holy Spirit was doing, what God was saying, and they were preparing themselves. And I, I really feel like that message about being prepared is something that we all need to take to heart. We need to be cultivating our personal relationship with the Lord in such a way that um, we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. We sense, and if you don't hear words, but you, you, you're being led or, or prompted by God, you're learning and all of us need to do this constantly. It's not just now, but it's always. We need to learn the ways of Jesus. He said, come and learn learn of me. I'm meek and lowly, you know, and I will give you rest. And so the theme of humility before God is something that is throughout all of the scriptures. And I think it's important for all of us to always bring things to the Lord, not to be so sure of ourselves all the time, but to ask the Lord, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? Am I perceiving correctly? Uh, you know, help me through your word to understand. And let's, so I want to start with reading from Isaiah chapter 9, beginning of verse 2. Isaiah 9, beginning at verse 2, I'm going to read through to verse 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest. As men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you who have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of the oppressor as in the day of Midian. How many know what the day of Midian was? Midian was threshing uh, wheat in a, in a wine press. Oh, that was Gideon. Right, okay. Not Midian, sorry. But they were being, Israel was being oppressed by the Midianites. So that Gideon, I get my idioms, and <laughs> thank you, honey. Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. Now, a wine press is, is usually made to do what? Press wine, not thresh wheat. But he was doing it because he was hiding, uh, because the, the, the oppression from the Midianites. And... Um, and God raised up someone, Gideon, to bring deliverance to Israel. 
Uh, it says, you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff off his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle, the garments that are rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel for fire. Verse 6, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Praise God. That's awesome. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government, when it says the government, what does that mean? The government will be upon his shoulders. The government is the ruling body. A government is the ruling body over a nation, over a people. And so that he's, the government, he's going to rule and reign. The Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, the Wonderful Counselor, this is awesome. Israel looked at scriptures like this with great excitement, and, and, and so should we. And so they were looking for Messiah and reading scriptures like this, and they had an idea of what it would look like. They weren't rejoicing greatly when they read, read Isaiah 53. How many of us like to pick and choose our scriptures a little bit? When you're in a tough time, I can remember being in tough times and give me the victory scriptures. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really want to relate to the sometimes we go through suffering. Sometimes, you know, it's, God, what's going on? You know, like you read through David's Psalms, they're not all... You know, he, it's a lot of times he's questioning. He comes back to praising and recognize God is sovereign, God is good. But look, we go through things. And uh, I know, you know, what it's like when you want to pick a scripture and land on it. <clears throat> and it's good. But we need to hear what the word of the Lord is saying always. We need to be discerning times and seasons. So turn with me to Luke chapter 2. I think it's so important today that we're constantly asking the Lord, God, what's, what's happening in the culture? What's happening in the world? What's happening in society? And as I read from Luke 2, I'm going to highlight two people, Simeon and Anna. And, uh, and I think it's so important where we get our downloads from. It's so important that we get our downloads from the Holy Spirit. How many can agree? Okay, so that requires something of you. It's, he's not a rewarder of those who casually seek him. Can I, I'm going to say that again. The scripture doesn't says, it does not say he's a rewarder of those who casually seek him. He rewards those who what? Diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. We need, you need to look up the word diligent and understand it's to be on something, to be committed, to be focused, to not, uh, not give up easily, not quit, 
but to be diligent, you know, not, not to be careless. It's, it, careless is actually the opposite of diligent. To be diligent is to be very focused, meticulous about something. In our seeking of the Lord, it's very important that we're diligently seeking him. Okay, turn with me to Luke 2. I find it interesting who the Lord reveals himself to. Just an aside, in Matthew eleven twenty five, 25, you know, when Jesus was praying, he said, um, before he started praying, he said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to babes. It's not people who are wise in the ways of the world. You can, have very, you can be very successful in the ways of the world, and that's, that's fine. But if you don't understand the things of the Spirit, you're going, to miss a, you're going to miss a lot, like the most important things. We need to have our ears tuned. Okay, Luke 2, beginning of verse 8. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out, living out in the fields. Where were they living? In the fields. Oh, not a trick question. Good. You guys are following me. <laughs> Keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. How many want to see angels and the glory of God? Everybody who sees them that I read about are quaking. It's not the glory experiences that people come around here like, oh, they're quaking. So just be careful what you ask for. I mean, I want to see it too, but no, it's, it's terrifying. Okay. <clears throat> and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings or good news of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You're gonna, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. On earth peace and goodwill toward men. When the heavenly announcement came, this was good news. Good news to the people of the earth. Peace and goodwill toward men. God's goodwill toward you and I was that we should not be separated from him. This was the answer that was promised from way back in Genesis, reaffirmed through Moses and the prophets that God would send a savior. So it was when the angel had gone away from, from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go up to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. 
But Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, and it was told them. So he, the angels didn't come and announce to Herod or this Caesar, this was during the time of the Roman Empire, or any of the high officials to the high priest. He made himself known to the shepherds in the field. The, the lowly, the, actually, they weren't even highly esteemed. It looks like they didn't even have a place to live because it says they lived out in the, the fields. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but God has chosen the weak things of this world to confound the wise. So we need to walk. There's such a great need for us to walk in humility continually before God. Say, God, show me what you're saying. Help me to understand what you're doing. Help me to go low so I can perceive Let's continue reading with with verse 22. So he made himself known to the shepherds in the field. Now when the days of her, speaking about Mary's purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him, Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. We kind of referenced that passage just before in the baby dedication. They brought him to, they brought Jesus to dedicate him. Verse 25, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. I want to pause here and just say we need to be like Simeon's. We need to be waiting on the Lord. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He understood there's something up. How many kind of know in the spirit like God's, there's something up. We live in unique times, and they, they didn't surprise God. It's not business as usual. Things are, are, things are kind of strange from the normal operating procedures that we had for the, the prior, you know, 60, 50, 80, 100 years maybe, you know, until we hit uh, 2020, March of 2020, when the whole world seemed to go into uh, a different time. Now, that doesn't take God by surprise. I, I believe God's lining everything up to prepare men, men's hearts, to receive Christ. Like there's going to be a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and people have to come to an to an come to an end of their themselves. Meaning, I can do all of this on my own, and they come to that place of surrender. So he he's preparing a whole world to receive this. And Simeon was one who was waiting in. You know, the consolation of Israel is an interesting term. It refers to, um, throughout all of Jewish history, they're waiting for the Messiah. That's the consolation of Israel. Simeon was like, God, I, I know Messiah is supposed to come. We have a great sense that there's something stirring. And a lot of the people who were in that position, what the biggest question was, why hasn't he come already? 
Why hasn't he come already? Many of you hear us even here, we're, we're crying out for the great outpouring of the Lord. And some people say, why hasn't it happened yet? I mean, I, we have, and I do believe we've experienced measures of the outpouring. And some people try to say, oh, we're already in it. You know, the outpouring is already happening. Just look around, it's happening. Yeah, it's happening in measure. But I, my sense in my spirit is that there's going to be a greater outpouring. Okay, but it's the great and the terrible. So like we're living in crazy days, but at the same time, God's doing things. Amen. The same time, God's doing great things. And we need to tune our spirits. We need to wait on the Lord. Your personal relationship with the Savior through the Holy Spirit needs to be cultivated. Now, if, if you want to know if you're cultivating your relationship with the Lord, track how you spend your time. Like, really, what do you spend most of your time doing? And that'll give you kind of an inventory of, of how much you're cultivating. Okay, so he was, he was spending time in the temple. He was a just man and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And he was told by the Holy Spirit... He wasn't told by his peers. He wasn't told by the, 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 whatever they had in those days that would give out the news reports or whatever, what was going on. He was tuning his ear to the Holy Spirit. We live in a time of, we, we live in what's known as the information age, and there's a lot of information. And whatever your bent is, you can tune into that channel. Whatever your philosophy is, whatever you believe, you can tune into a channel, and it, and it, you know, it can actually take you down rabbit holes of more and more of that type of thinking. I want to posit, like, we as believers need to be so tuned into the Holy Spirit. I've actually, in the last year and a half, I've stopped watching the news, and I was a, a news, my wife hated it. It's like, we turn off the news, but I would listen to a lot of the, I don't do it anymore. I mean, I, I read the Wall Street Journal, <clears throat> and uh, a few other things, but I don't watch news on the TV because it's, it's all, most of the news isn't, it's, it's opinion news, meaning whose opinion? And, in, and most of us will tune into the opinions that we kind of align with, and then it reinforces our belief, and then we get more stuck in our belief, and it makes us hard to come before the Lord as putty in his hands and say, God, show me what you're saying, because you're filling yourself with an opinion and you reinforce it with the same opinions all the time. We need to sit at his feet because many in Israel didn't recognize Messiah. Those especially who were like the studious ones, the Pharisees and Sadducees, many missed the day of their visitation. Many found him. Many of the Pharisees, some came to him. You know, Nicodemus um, and uh, the guy who's tomb he was buried in, I'm blanking on the name, they were of the Pharisee group, and he was a rich man. He was buried in the tomb of a rich man. They were followers of, of Jesus. They recognized, but many didn't, right? The, the high priest Caiaphas said, it's better if he die, you know, than the whole nation suffer. Now, the Bible says he was actually prophesying without knowing it, but he didn't, they weren't recognizing the time of their visitation. I, I, I get concerned that we as followers of Christ rest in a herd mentality. 
that what we're hearing and we just get on our, we need to, you need to be people of the word and the Holy Spirit. People of the word and you need to have your voice tuned to the Holy Spirit. And I want to caution you, if you fill yourself with a lot of opinion news, I hope it's not persuading you more than the voice of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Okay, so, so it was revealed that he would not see death, this is Simeon, before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple that day. What does it mean he came by the Spirit? Did he, was he just like raptured and came into the temple? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to posit to you, no, he walked in the temple. Why? Because he felt a prompting of the Holy Spirit. Now is the time I want you to go to the temple. It just says he came by the Spirit. I don't know what kind of prompting it was, but he came, the Holy Spirit directed him, and he went. The, the, I, I'm stopping and pausing here because I want to encourage you. This is the type of person that you need to emulate. You know, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. There are certain people that we need to emulate. We need to be people who follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. Simeon listened to the Lord and went into the temple. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, which was dedicating him, it says, he, Simeon, took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined. How many want to hear about the great destiny over your children? This child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a, for a sign that will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pass through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. How many want a prophetic word like that? Not exactly exhortation, edification. <laughs> but it was truth. You know, Mary had, Mary had to carry the stigma. You know, when you identify with Christ... You have to carry a stigma. You're one of those Jesus people. You identify with him. You know, and, and a lot of people don't really like to share their testimony outside of the four walls of the church, like in an evangelistic context. They're, you're a little embarrassed. You know, you're going to get rejected. I hate rejection. I don't like rejection. I've shared my testimony. I've gotten rejected. You know, people, that's good for you, you know. I'm glad you're happy with that. Leave me alone, you know, and you, you get rejected. And, but it's the truth, and God's called us to proclaim it, and then it, there's a stigma. I felt like I've often carried a stigma with certain people who, you know, just reject who I follow and therefore kind of reject you indirectly. They're really rejecting him, but they, you know, it's like 
you get that indirect, and that's and then there's the stigma of oh you're one of those, right? But he's called us to bear the reproach. Like this is sharing in the sufferings of Christ. We have to so identify with him, you know, and 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 help people to understand that he is he's he's for you. He's not against you, you know. It's so Mary had to bear the reproach, like you know. The angel Gabriel appeared to, it's all glorious, be it unto me, you know, according to your word. And she did it. But then it says, her betrothed, Joseph, when he found out she was pregnant and not by him, it says that he was a just man. He thought, like, I'll just kind of put her away privately. I'm not going to make an open spectacle and have her stoned, which she had the right to do. And then it God had to give him a dream and said, that which is conceived is holy. And Joseph received the word of the Lord and accepted this assignment, which had a reproach because others knew Mary was pregnant. And they didn't understand this overshadowing of the Holy Spirit and that which was conceived in her was holy. How, do you understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> We have to be willing to bear the reproach and identify with Christ. Um, there was another, so that was Simeon. Let's look, let's keep reading verse 36. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years. So how old does that make her? She was a widow of about 84 years. Does that mean she was widowed for 84 years? And her husband was, she was married for seven, that's 91. And I don't know, did she get married at 16 or was she 84 years old? She could have been anywhere from 84 to 100 and something. So she's up there in age. And she didn't depart from the temple, but served God with fasting. Served God with fasting. How many? She served God with fasting. Just something we need to embrace. Many people think, a lot of us think it's for others. It's, it's for all of us. She served God with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for the redemption in Jerusalem. She spoke of the child. There was a man, Simeon, a woman, a prophetess, Anna. Because of their relationship with the Lord, they understood the times, and they were privy to what God was doing. They were privy to what God was doing. Listen. I really believe that's for all of us. He wants all of us to, to be willing to step in to the place of the Simeons and the Annas. It's not for others. It's not for others. But it requires a consecration. It requires a commitment. It requires, let's be frank, it requires sacrifice. This is, this is not without sacrifice. What, what is our reasonable service unto the Lord? It says in Romans. How many of my Romans Bible study? <laughs> Offer your bodies a living sacrifice, which is your 
reasonable, not extreme. <laughs> it's your reasonable service. What, what, it, just to give him everything is reason. Jesus says it's, it's reasonable. It's not like I'm going the extra mile. It's just reasonable to give him everything. Why? Because he gave you everything. It's your reasonable service. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. We need to be such students of the word and to understand the times and the seasons. I think it's so important right now that we continue. We, we read the Proverbs. We pray the Proverbs. We ask God for wisdom. We live in, in, in unique times. Uh, I think other people have lived in, in harder times, to be honest. I think if you were in Poland and Nazi Germany or any of these war-torn countries in any part of the world, you, you'd hear of atrocities and things that happen to people. Um, and, and, you know, for them, that was the, like, the end of the world. That was the apocalypse. You know, we, we're only on this earth for a short time. We're here for, you know, 80 you know, 70, 80 years, maybe by strength into our 90s. Very few go very far into their 90s, very few. You know, just statistically, I'm not trying to prophesy anything, but just let's, the Bible says, teach me to number my days that I might apply my heart to wisdom. You know, you need to, and when you're 30, 20, 30, even, you know, 40, like you just think you have most of your life still ahead of you. Uh, but it goes quick. I mean, here I am dedicating my grandchildren, my one grandson, and uh, I have my other granddaughter up here with me. And, you know, like, how did that happen? Time? I just, we, we just got married yesterday. <laughs> That's how it feels. I mean, literally, like, you, you get to a point and it's just like, I blinked. I remember graduating high school and said, how did that, like, I just got here and now I'm graduating. But you get even older, it's like, I feel like the older you get, time seems to compress, meaning, you know, like you have left less of a reference. When you're younger, like a year seems like you're five years old. A year is like, that's another 20% of my life ahead of me, <laughs> you know? But the, the older you get, everything's shorter. Like, it's the same time, but in a reference sense, it's not as much of a percent of your life anymore. It's a, a much shorter time. I don't know if that makes sense to the, the math people understand what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> But, like, life is a blink, and it's so important that, you know, we're supposed to redeem our time, redeem the time. Yeah. We need to hear what the Holy Spirit's saying. We live in unique times. There's so much opinion out there. I don't care if it's social media, broadcast media, your friends. There's a lot of opinion. We need to know what's the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I want to posit, if you're spending more time listening to one of those medias, you're getting a lot of opinion. How much time are you spending just listening to the Word? I know when you're tired, because listen, I'm one of those people, I'm tired, I don't want to do anything. Maybe let's have an audio recording of the Bible going and just let it, let it, let it speak to you. But there's, there's something about what are we um, cultivating? Like, what do we give our time to? You know, what do we give our time to? Because it's about diligently seeking Him. It's not about casually seeking him. So if, 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 if we're going to fill our times with entertainment, you know, maybe you don't, you're not a news person, great, but you just fill yourself with entertainment, but you're not, like, what counts as diligence? No, really, like, I'm just, you know, like, what counts as diligence? 
do you do you want to do you do you want to be one who diligently seeks the Lord? That that's those who he he rewards. And Anna and Simeon. This is a Christmas message, by the way. <laughs> Anna and Simeon were waiting for the consolation of Israel. That was Christmas. I mean, Christmas is what? It's the birth. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a Savior is given. And he is Christ the Lord. Like, that's what we're, like, celebrating in this season. And we want to be those who are listening. We want to be those who are tuning in. And I, I just... I get concerned because we are in the information age. Like if you went back a hundred years ago, which is not that long ago, even if you went back a lifetime, say 70 years ago, very few people even had TVs, you know? And then when you had TVs, they're like two channels. <laughs> so where did they get their information, right? There was, you know, information wasn't, you know, but now it's like you get bombarded. I just... Steward your time. Everybody is given the same amount of time. 24 hours in a day. Steward your time as people who are going to give an account, really, to the Lord, right? How we spend our time, what we fill ourselves with uh, is just so important. Simeon and Anna gave themselves to being in the temple. Just read, Anna was in there. Night and day, praying. Simeon was, was continually there, waiting. And so a promise was given to them. To Simeon, you'll see God's, the consolation. You're going to see the child. And when he saw him, he picked him up and said, God, now your servant can depart in peace. You promised me that I would see the Savior, and I'm holding him in my arms. And I can go to be with you now in peace. That's awesome. That's because he cultivated, he cultivated his relationship with the Lord. This is, I, I just want to encourage you. I, I think as I just look around, these are unprecedented times. Things are flying all over. You can get information from podcasts. You can get information here and there. Make sure you're hearing from the Holy Spirit. And, and you check what you think you're hearing by the Word of God. It's the straight and narrow. It's the plumb line. We use the word of God as the plumb line. So, you know, Colt mentioned about we're going to be doing another read the Bible through in a year. Like, that keeps you accountable. If you only got through Leviticus, I understand. I've been there. <laughs> but you want to press through. I, I, I want to give you a little hint. When you're reading Leviticus, speed read. <laughs> Look for the things that are going to, like, speak to you, not so-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so. I go through that real quick, <laughs> you know, and you can catch up on the days you missed when you, this is great. I can get through these now. <laughs> I'm being real. Okay, don't get stuck there and, and give up. Get to the stuff that's going to speak to your soul. Get to the stuff that you're going to start to understand the ways of God. You know, turn with me. I'm going to close with this. Isaiah 55. Can we all turn there? I'm going to read through Isaiah 55. 
Sorry, Lorenzo. He likes it better when his father preaches. <laughs> this guy's hurting my ears. This is for my charismatic friends. Ho! <laughs> It's in the Bible. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and wages for what does not satisfy? This is called stewardship. I'm talking about stewarding your time. Why do you, it says, why do you spend money for what is not bread? Why do you spend your time in things that are just not going to feed your soul to profitability? Why do you feed your soul with things that are going to agitate you to no end? <clears throat> and your wages for what does not satisfy. Listen carefully to me. I want to just stop there. Let's do that. Let's start listening, listening carefully to the Lord. Eat what is good. Let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Jesus said, to come to me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Learn of me. I am meek and lowly. Here and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him, David, as a witness to the people, a leader, a commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know. Nations in this context were people groups. They weren't like nation states the way we know them then. So a people group you do not know, and, and people who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel. For he has glorified you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's, he, it's Christ in you that is the hope of glory. He has put his glory in you. It's Christ in you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. I want to say that again. God speaking. <laughs> my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. We need to constantly come to him, checking our thoughts, checking what we're listening to. God, help me to understand. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Look, for as the rain, and this is in the context here about God's ways and his thoughts. For as rain comes down and snow from heaven and they, don't, they do not return, but they water the earth and they make the earth bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish 
what I please, and it will prosper in a thing which I sent it to do. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace, and the mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. We need to learn the Lord's ways. We want to know his thoughts. We have to attune ourselves. It says in the Old Testament that Israel knew the acts of God, but Moses understood his ways. We need to be people who understand the ways of the Lord. And that means, you know, Sermon on the Mount stuff. That means, you know, bless those who curse you. Do good for those who despitefully use you. You know, bless and not curse. You know, it's, it's turning the other cheek, walking in forgiveness, not just to those who are, you know, in your family but or close to you or your friends or, you know, it's being able to, to walk in mercy continually, to love mercy. What does it say in Micah? What does the Lord require of you? To do justly. How should you conduct yourself Justly, meaning not unfairly. Order your, your affairs and treat people fairly. Love, mercy. Be gracious to other people. Don't hold, hold short accounts and, and walk humbly with our God. I, the key thing that I really feel the Lord saying this time is, Learn of me, I'm meek and lowly. We have to go low. We have to go low. Worship team, why don't you guys come on up? We have to go low. And we want to understand times and seasons. Israel, most of Israel, missed the time of their visitation. Many, many understood. But even his closest disciples walking with him, really, they were, they were, they were all fixated on certain messianic scriptures that had to deal with the conquering Messiah. And so they were all confused. And, you know, to be fair, I think the Holy Spirit hid all of that anyway. It was hard for people to understand because it says even the devil didn't know. Because if it said, if he would have known, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory, what was about to happen. So there was mystery around it. But Jesus kept trying to tell them, and then the Holy Spirit would reveal it more fully to them that the Christ must have suffered and died the way he did in our behalf and that we would step into this time of grace. He's going to come as a lion. <clears throat> but he said to us, he sent us out as what? How did he send us out into the world? Sheep among wolves. He didn't send you out as lions among wolves. I, as a man, don't really like that. I like to be strong and tough, you know. But he sent us out as sheep among wolves. We have to recognize and carry ourselves as Christ carried himself. There's going to be a time of reckoning, but God's going to bring it, not us. We're to be mercy carriers. We're to be good news carriers. When you strike my right cheek, I don't answer with my left hook. 
right? I offer the other cheek. It doesn't feel good. But what do I do? I allow room for the Holy Spirit. I allow him to be my justifier. I allow him to be my defender. And even if I have to lay my life down, the Moravians sold themselves into slavery to reach some of the enslaved people in the Caribbean islands. I think that's right. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's the length they went to share the gospel. Like they weren't holding on to their rights. And we have to just understand, like, we're his. We belong, whatever he says goes. And not, not to demand our own stuff. Does that make sense? I want to, if we want to be tuned in to what the Lord's saying in this time and hour, it requires humility. It requires like going to the Lord and saying, God, I, I just, I need to hear from you. There's a lot of opinions flying. <clears throat> the tough thing with opinions is in the midst of some of it, there's some truth. And so you think, oh, that's right. Maybe it means everything else is right. I don't know. Some people on the other side, they have a different view and they have a little bit of truth there, too. We got to do what Jesus is saying. You know, just what would Jesus do? You know, he, he was, he didn't align himself with all of the religious leaders at the time. He actually said, you should do what they tell you, but don't do what they do. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're actually telling you what the law says, but they're a bit hypocritical because they're all over the place. We, we need the in, inward law of the heart. We need to walk in relationship with God. And we need to discern the times we're living in because we want to live out Christ-like. I love you guys. I, I, I share this because I want to go on a journey together with you. I want to be diligent in my approach to the Lord. But I want to be humble, and I want to recognize that I, I don't know everything. And that means I have to be open to correction when God wants to bring correction. And, you know, he's, he's, he knows how to lead us. He, he really is the good shepherd. He goes before us. His sheep know his voice. The voice of a stranger, they won't follow. If you commit yourself to the Lord, you say, God, I just I surrender my right to fully understand everything because sometimes our need to understand gets in the way of our obedience. And he's saying, just obey me. As you walk out in obedience, he's going to bring, he's going to show us. But sometimes, and you notice if you have small children, and they give you the why questions all the time. Why? Why? So like, <laughs> doesn't matter why. It's because I said. <laughs> and so let's take the lesson that we teach our little children. And don't get stuck. Just say, God, I just want to be obedient. If you're prompting me, I'm going to line it up with the Word of God. I'm not going to go outside the Word of God. That's where people get, you know, God told me to disobey His Word. Well, then you're hearing a different voice. Okay. Walk humbly. Do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly. And God's going to lead and direct us. 
This is going to be a great Christmas season because Jesus is still on the throne. He's moving. He's moving on our hearts. I want to encourage you, be bold in your testimony about Christ. We're moving into harvest time. The enemy would try to keep you silent. Don't be silent. Even if you think you're being rejected, those, the Word of God is rich and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, cuts to the piercing asunder of bone and marrow. It goes deep. If you care about people, love them well. Share Christ with them. Let's stand. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can also follow us on Instagram at LifeCenterNYC or YouTube at LifeCenterChurchNYC.